Hello and welcome to the Hope Hotline. Uh, I feel like this microphone's off. Can I fix that? Okay, perfect. I should have fixed that before we even got started. Super, super sorry. So we're coming off a, a long weekend in Pittsburgh, PA, where we were so blessed uh, to be able to go to the Radiance Conference uh, for the uh, women and um, Revival Today Church. I was going, can I, can you please help me with the name? I could not think of the church's name. Um, such a great weekend. So much fun. The um, sessions were really, really good. But I will tell you the time that we all spent together was lots and lots and lots of fun. We, um, we were able to eat dinner together. There's a big group of us in a house, which just worked out. I, I mean, I don't even know how that all worked out like that. That was beautiful. But um, who knows? Because I'm a private person. I did have my own room. But I'm a private person. And I even had a, the time of my life. Did you have the time of your life, Tracy? Time of my life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I did. It was so I, fun. I'm, seriously, I'm getting a camera. <laughs> I'm going to get a camera so you can actually see her. So she'll annoy you as much as she annoys me. <laughs> no, it was Then great. you'll understand my facial expressions. We had a whole house and everybody, Huge. it was so fun. No yes. issues. Like it was so fun. It was so much fun. It was three levels, actually four four levels with the basement true. right true yeah yep. it had I don't even know Heather Heather's like a mastermind for things like this I don't I don't really get involved in it I'll be honest with you smart like I say as long as I have my own room mm -hmm. I'm good I'm golden yep and so she she was the mastermind behind everything but it was like uh three levels three kitchens it was cheaper for us to rent. Uh, I'm looking at Logan. Logan's like, uh, <laughs> seriously, it was cheaper renting that place. It was like built in 1909. Yep. It was right in the city. It was so fun. But um, it's like they converted a duplex or converted this house into a duplex or something like that. But it's not that anymore because the other houses on that strip were all duplexes. Right. Like the top, the first two they made separate entrance entrances for everybody but they all had their own like it was crazy it was it's city life city life city life but it was lots and lots of fun great women went um some some women didn't stay with us um they did their own thing which but we all came together i totally get that i mean it's not a big deal but um so so much fun though and we got we got the red carpet treatment pretty much from Revival Today. Um, they hooked us up so that we had like the first, second, we had the second and third rows just for our, our ladies. I mean, that's was that was incredibly sweet and kind. I mean, we've had, we had people come from, I think, was it Minnesota, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Minnesota yeah. came yeah, to, Minnesota. they're big fans of uh, Revival Today and us. And so they traveled in from Minnesota and they, they got to sit with us, so. Awesome, awesome time. Um, and uh, I thank you. I thank you to uh, Pastor Dallas and Magalis for just treating us so well. And wasn't it Emily? Isn't it Emily's name that took good care of us? Yeah. And Emily, thank you so much. Like, you were running around like a little chicken. You're a cute little chicken. She is. Adorable girl. Cutest. Like, is she single? I don't know. Oh, no. I think she's, no. Oh, she's taken? I think she's taken. 
Well, whoever got her is dang lucky because she's a pretty little girl. Yeah. Yeah. So did a great job servant's heart and above and beyond for us. So I thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Because um, we weren't her only job that night no. or each, each conference mm-hmm. day. She had lots to do, but she always made sure we were well taken care of. And um, I love you guys for that. Class A, number one, excellent as far as like food every night. Sushi was one night. What was another night, Tao? Not that people care, but it's every night. Like they, listen, I told Heather, our game, they upped our game. I even told them, I'm like, now you're making me step up my game. Like I, we did really good last year. We were going to step up our game anyway, yeah. but now it's like we were going to step it up here from here. Now I got to go all the way up here. Okay. So, and we're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, we had Cracker Barrel breakfast. It was delicious. Like a, it was like, which I've never heard of this before, but it was instead of chicken and waffles, it was chicken and pancakes. Oh, so good. So good. So good. Right now, I'm dieting, and you have no idea how good that sounds right now. I want to go back to my old life. Are we talking What's about that? that today? Back to life. Are we talking about that today? Back to reality. No, we're not talking about okay. that today. Not the, I, I'm not, not talking about it. Plan. We're not going to talk Listen, about that. Listen, until I have some weeks in, <laughs> I hate quitters. Okay? I don't want to be one of the very things that I hate. I got to fix this. Ah, I'm trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, okay, close, close. Guys, I'm really sorry, but this is going to drive me. <laughs> I towards you, towards you. <laughs> I can never listen, people. If you saw what I have to deal with, ooh, I have ooh, to go ooh. backwards. I have to do everything opposite. Like if my hair gets in a mess, like I can't do opposite. It's an issue. And everybody laughs at me until they have to sit at this desk and yeah. they have to do opposite. And then yeah. it's like, oh, it's hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. mm-hmm. It is. So, um, but no, I'm not telling anybody what I'm currently doing because if I quit, I don't want anybody to call me a quitter. What about the plan? Just no. I'm not talking about the plan. No, nothing. Nothing. Either you're going to see my guns look really good from <laughs> hard work or from liposuction. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> One of the two's happening, though. My arms will be different. My thighs will be different. It's going to go all natural or under the knife. One of the things happening. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, though, because then either way, I don't look like a quitter. I'm big on no quitting. I'm big on lying to make me not look like a quitter. Just so you know. Hell doesn't look that bad for lying <laughs> when you have legs and thighs like I do. Oh and you'll go to hell to lie because of your legs and thighs. There you go. Got to do what you got to do, people. You be you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you always find the right time to slip that in. <laughs> Don't laugh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I was joking about lying, all right? Because I know there's going to yeah. be somebody that's like, that's not funny. Don't lie. Okay, I'm joking. <laughs> Please don't lie. If you go to hell, I don't want it to be on my conscience. Okay? Vanessa wants to remind you that your, your, your thighs are saving lives. My thighs do save lives, but you know what? I don't care if people die. I want my thighs to look good. I, it's, I, will, I will let people not live. 
just to have better looking thighs. My husband would love for my thighs. Not he's so sweet. I literally okay. What time is it? We're now ten minutes in. Okay, but I'm just going to tell you this. I went in to him this morning and I gave him like he was still asleep because I get up early. I came. I went and gave, gave him a kiss and he was just like I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just thinking and pondering or whatever. I gave him the biggest kiss on the cheek. I'm like, man, thank you so much for loving me. Because this body, it's a lot to love. It's hard to love. <laughs> I had just changed my clothes in my closet, and it has a like long mirror. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I'm not looking in the mirror, and I had just weighed myself, and I hadn't been on. The, I had not been on a scale in over a year. And so he's like, "Why are you? Why are you giving me a kiss?" I said, "Because I just got on the scale, and I just found out how much I weigh." And the sacrifices, dude, that you've had to make. <laughs> oh, dear God. It's so not bad. good. So, people, let's go to the questions. We're ready to go. Okay. Because really, that's why you're watching. You're not here to hear about me and my plights and prob problems. We're here, to about, we're here to talk about your problems, your questions that you need answers about. So, this first one, you have pastors that you and Tom follow and listen to. Have you heard of Jack Hibbs of Calvary Chapel in Chino Hills, California? If so, what do you think of him? From what we can find, it appears he closed for about a month, but then said this was wrong and reopened. Several of us feel his preaching is uh, a lot like Tom's. We refer, we refer friends to attend his church if they live in California and also tell them to watch Tom and Foundation Church. Uh, um, on another note, Tracy, do you see how the word feel is spelled? Did you correct that when you put that on the list? Please tell me you did. Feel is not spelled with three E's. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't put that on the question part. I only use the beginning and end. Oh, bless. Okay. So I give her the questions, and I usually copy and paste when possible, but this wasn't possible, so I was typing very fast. So I misspelled a word. So here's the thing. Never heard of him before in my life. Um, I did check out his website. He's pretty good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be flat out honest with you. I think he's very similar to our church and what we believe. Uh, like even in so much, which I'm gonna steal from him. Um, I'm gonna rewrite it a little bit, but I love. See, we're very particular about we children are always allowed in our services in the main sanctuary, but um, if they become um, noisy. Um, a disturbance we politely ask them if they're not if people aren't wise enough to get up on their own and leave until the child calms down we politely go to them and ask just ask them because we have a family room a family area that has a um, it's soundproof and it has glass and you can see the service you can participate it has a tv in there along with you can see through the glass um, nobody can see into you but um, you can see out and it has um another tv in there so you can watch it or you can watch through the glass it's a really nice room nice chairs and everything in it so we just ask you to go in there until the child comes down calms down and come back out uh you'd be shocked at how many people um are offended by this and what we try to explain to people is is the holy spirit is moving and satan would love nothing more to have your beautiful baby and i mean that seriously your beautiful child which people love to look at and and they they enjoy the laughter or the happiness that a child makes but see satan is cunning cunning and he will have a child be a disturbance to someone that 
the Holy Spirit's working on their heart uh, and drawing them in. Or maybe it's revelation knowledge for them to be delivered from something or to see something in a message that would change or radically um, take them to another level. So um, we always say it's it's a Holy Spirit time in service. It's about listening to the teaching, not oogling and laughing at a baby that is happy or whatever. I mean, it's one thing for your child to sit quietly. It's another thing for them to like be looking and smiling at the person next to him, whatever. So um, they ha- they have the same role as we do. They actually, um, which was shocking because most people don't. Most a lot of churches nowadays are letting kids run in up and down the aisles. They don't understand that the scripture ta- says that that it's supposed to be a reverent time. Um, so. Uh, they they have they're very political. He has a podcast. You're right. He's very much like Tom and that. And and you know what the thing is is even though he closed him apologizing, he's better than almost every pastor out there because it shows that he is somebody who's humble, somebody who can accept making a mistake and then taking responsibility for it. How can you not follow somebody that's like that? Everybody makes mistakes. It's what you do with them after you're done, after they're done making the mistake. Do you take ownership for it, repent, and then move on and make it make yourself better from it? So um, I did. I looked at the website. He's really, really good. Never heard of him before. Um, and uh, he's. I think they're they they basically are spirit filled like us, and um, preaches the whole. Now I did not listen to one of his messages, so. Um, I will be honest with you about that. But when I looked at what they believe and the structure of their church and even like how, what they believe as far as faith, tithing, things like that, they're, they're really good. And he's huge. It's a big church. It's a very big church. And to be in California, that's rough, especially to take, uh, the political stance that he makes in California. Um, that's big deal. Because a lot of times people will cave to their surroundings. So uh, kudos to him. But uh, no, I, like I said, never heard of him before. But I thank you for turn, turning me on to him. Because at some point I made, I might just listen to him. Somebody just turned me on to, my cousin um, just turned me on to um, a few months ago, maybe two months ago, to Curry Blake, which everybody is talking about now. Ever since I heard that guy's name, everybody's talking about him. Um, I recognize that name. So that's another really good name for Uh, as far as faith goes um, to be listening to phenomenal so Um, next question does God love the devil if God created him and is a fallen angel does God still love him what a great question and you know uh, I know actually who asked this question it was a little kid yep you know who asked this Mm -hmm. question I do and I, lo- and I actually love the, this little kid is the cutest thing on the face of the earth. But I love this family very, very, very much. So um, you do too? Is that what you said? Me too. Yeah. Um, so but what, what, like I thought to myself, well, dang, God loves everybody. Yep. But yep. he draws lines in the sands, people, just like he expects us to. So I'm going to tell you right now, no, I don't think that God loves the devil. Um, but there's scripture that backs it up and I'm going to give you those. Um, what happens is, is, uh, God warns us against Satan. If he loved him, he wouldn't warn us against him. I mean, I guess he could, I mean, to a certain extent, uh, like there are people that I know are not good, uh, 
And when, um, well, that's not true. I really don't do this very often, I will say, um, because I'm, I'm very cautious about being a gossip. But there are people in life that you warn others, like, you might not want to get too close to them. Like if you, and, and when I say this normally, it's because like if a, if, if a female likes a male and it's like their walk with God is not to the place that it needs to be in order for them to be in a good re- a, a relationship with beyond friend, then I would, I would say, I would warn them and say, I don't know if that's something that you want to delve into, but it's not because I personally know them. Did you see that fly, fly right over my head? <laughs> it's in my hair. Oh, I feel it. This is live, people. It, God. Woo! I hate flies. This is live. Like, I, now my head itches from that fly going. flying around in it. I, I see it flying. I'm putting that over my drink. I, I hate flies. I mean, I hate flies worse than life. It's summertime in Florida... I'm going to use a word that some of you hate, but I hate freaking flies. I hate them. So many freaking flies now. Tracy's going to try and kill it. But, so frustrating. Okay, so some of us, like when uh, Jesus warns us against his schemes, right? Some of us warn people against other people as well. But, like, you got to, when you're warning somebody against somebody, you make sure you don't gossip when you're doing that. But, well, let's go back to this. So John 8.44 says, Jesus, uh, 8.44, Jesus calls Satan a murderer, a liar, the father of lies, and states that the truth is not in him. He wouldn't say that. I mean, that's a stern warning against him. First Peter 5.8, Satan is described as a lion wishing to, a lion wishing to devour those who follow Jesus. But I will, but I want to remind you that in First Peter 5.8, it says that he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It, it says he's like a roaring lion. That, remember, he's trying, it's a facade. He's trying to make him, himself appear to be something he's not. It didn't say he is a roaring lion. It says he's like a roaring lion. So remember, everything that Satan tries to throw out at you is not what it really appears. It's a facade. It's fake. He seems he wants to make himself appear bigger than what he is. But he comes, you have to remember this too. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So you got to be on your game. You got to be fighting tooth and nail um, in spiritual warfare. You have a hedge of protection around you. Um, everything that tries to come against you, you don't need to be afraid. God's got it. He'll take care of things for you. He's got a hedge of protection. you got angels surrounding you. You don't have to worry about a daggum thing. But know who your adversary is so you can war against it. That's what's important. First Thessalonians 3.5 says, Satan is described as a tempter who seeks to destroy Christians. Je- and write these down. Jesus has defeated Satan. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them um, to open shame by triumphing over them in Colossians 2.15. Revelations 20.10 says we are told that the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were and they were they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. There are plenty of people in hell that God loves. Okay, he never wanted it for them. But I will tell you, I don't believe that God loves Satan. Here's one of the reasons why I believe this. Psalm 7.11 says God is a just judge. 
and God is angry with the wicked every day. I don't think, like, people think that um, that God is fluffy. He's mushy-gushy. He's like a marshmallow. He's not. He gets angry, and he hates things. And in the Bible, it says that God hates a liar, okay? So he does hate things. He does not like things. And I believe that the devil is one of them. Um, the thing is, is God knew us before we were born. And Satan entices, like, um, it says in the Bible that God knew us before we were formed in the womb. So if he knew you before you ever came to this earth, he destined you to be with him when you die. Anything that snatches you from him, he can't love. Why would he love that very thing that snatches you from returning to him? It's not possible, in my opinion. Um, God God never designed hell for us. He designed hell for Satan. And... um, He knows that he can't save the devil. He can save us. He sent his son for us, but he can't save the devil. Salvation is not for the devil. So um, the devil's destination is clear. Uh, Where he ends up, his eternity is very um, set in stone. There's no hope for him. So I don't believe God loves the devil at all. But I will tell you, that's a great question. And some of you may disagree um, because you you feel like God loves everything. But if you look up the word hate and you find out God does hate things, he's very clear about it. he hates things. So for me, go for it. Go for it, believing that he loves everything. I mean, that's one of those things that work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And it's not, not going to be a thing where you know, a heaven and hell thing for either one of us. So, and I think that freaking fly is in my hair again. (sighs) I don't even know how it got in here. I didn't see it until the podcast started. I'm killing flies left and right in my house right now. I did not expect to come to the podcast and kill flies. I don't even know where they're coming in from my house. I even moved the trash cans away from the back door. No, it's not my toilet again. (laughs) Last year, <laughs> oh gosh, I had so many flies in my house, hundreds. Kid you not, hundreds no. of flies in my house. No. You know how they're coming? We have, let's see, in my house, I have one, two, three, four bathrooms, four toilets. And one of them we don't use very often because it's in the laundry room. It's our pool bath. And don't you know it? that the water ran out of that toilet. I called my pest people. I'm like, which was Travis, because Travis was my pest guy at the time. Now he works for the church. So I call my pest guy, and I'm like, I have so many flies in my house. What? On my hand. What in tarnation? Like, what in the world? Why do I have so many flies in my house? I was hanging those, those like, plastic thingies things. cellophane thingies yeah. I mean I was pulling out all the stops to try and kill those suckers he's like do you have a toilet that doesn't have any water in it I was like I did and he's like that's where they're coming from Oh my god! so people if you have a fly problem go to your toilets first and that was free advice you learn something new every day every day that's free advice <laughs> mm-hmm. yep that's crazy 
had no idea that you can get flies through your toilet, but you can. Wow. Not good. And I'm really not happy right now. This I, podcast, if you're new to watching this podcast, it's usually way, be- way better than this. But the fly has put me in a in a foul mood. I'm not happy. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I ask you into my life. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I've lost my salvation over the fly. I'm so not happy about the fly right now. Okay, so the next question is, what was your first job? So my first job, I worked, I lived in, um, so when I was 10, I moved up to Washington, D.C. area. I lived in Virginia. Um, I literally lived like 20 minutes from Washington, D.C. So um, when I was in high school, um, they had this program, and I think they still have it today, but I had they had this program where in your junior and senior year, you can go. I mean, I babysat and stuff like that from when I was 10. But my first real job was when I was a junior in high school. I went to, um, I can't even remember the name of it, but we could, we we would like intern, but you got paid. You could um, get these jobs where you would go to school half of the day and then you'd go off to a job the other half of the day. And so that's what I did. I was like, a, I wasn't a secretary, but I was like an assistant to the secretary. So you like had to take business classes and stuff like that to get this job because you have to be able to type stuff like that. So I went and I worked for um, the government. So I worked in this very top secret area on Fort Belvoir. Like you had, I had to get a top secret like security clearance the whole nine, <clears throat> which I thought it was a hot shot. That's pretty cool. It was very cool. One of the things that this, it was called, um, the place was called Night Vision Laboratory that I worked for. It was right there on the on, on one of the rivers in the Potomac, I think. And um, so I worked for this, this, this built in this building was Night Vision Laboratory. And, th- and, and at this time, you know, Night Vision Goggles. We were developing the Night Vision Goggles. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And I thought it was really cool until they told me, and I'd only worked for the, this this department. We were developing the night vision goggles. Our department was. Um, until, I, I, did you see the fly <laughs> land on my finger? I'm not laughing. I'm not. <laughs> I'm about to lose it. Out of everything, I hate flies almost more than anything. I can handle a roach over a fly all day long. I hate them. So, I'd only worked for this place for like a couple months, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so, they the guys the the guys that were developing it said, "Hey, Hope, can you come into this room? We want to test the goggles." Um. And so I was like, sure, not, not a problem or whatever. You know, you're an idiot when you're 16 years old and you believe the best in people. Don't do that. I'm not kidding you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I go in this room and it's a lit room until they turn out the lights and they are all at the, got the goggles on and they're lo- like looking at me. And then they're like, oh, okay, great. They, but as I'm walking out the door, they tell me, oh yeah, the, the night vision goggles, we can see through your clothes. Uh huh. Sixteen. Oh my gosh. 
I'll never forget. I went, I, like, I'm shocked. Yeah. Like, I'm a modest 16-year-old, pure little girl. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was not good. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even go in a bikini. Like, I was one-piece girl, like, the whole thing. And I'm, I walk out, and, like, I'm white as a ghost. I go and sit down next to the secretary. She's like, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like... No, I'm not okay. They just saw me naked. (laughs) They just saw me naked. She's like, what are you talking about? They got in so much trouble. Wow. Yeah. Good. So. Good. Not good. That's my first job. Wow. People pretended to see me naked on my first job within the first (laughs) couple weeks. So go work for McDonald's. There you go. Go work for McDonald's. It's much safer. But yeah, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Okay. Yeah, that's unusual, huh? That's pretty wild. I did. I I like. Uh, I question whether to tell you guys that story or not. Oh. I'm still. I have PS, PTSD yeah. over it. Obviously. We'll pray over you. Huh? We'll pray over you. Yeah. Between the fly <laughs> yeah. and that story. Exactly. Yeah. And listen, that story would have been way better, but I'm battling the fly in my mind right now. <laughs> Truth be told. I planned on telling that story way better. I I have nothing left, people. The fly has taken everything from me. Come watch Friday. Friday will be a much better podcast. I can promise you the fly will be gone. So, good afternoon. I so love watching your podcast and Pastor Tom's podcast. And I always watch your church service on Sunday evening. What I would give to be in a church like yours. Our Canadian pastors are spineless. Man, girl, I really feel for you that you're in Canada. That is rough. That is a rough place to live right now. Um, just, I see Talia over there just waving her hands and flailing, trying to get the fly away from her. Um, I mean, Canada is like off the charts, like going so socialist so quickly. They are ripping everything, every right, everything away from Trudeau. He is the devil himself. He is an antichrist spirit, 100%. I mean, there are several. I mean, for me, like, I think Bill Gates is an antichrist. I think uh, Fauci, Trudeau, uh, anybody who's in, like, the, there'll be, there is more than one antichrist. And so, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, do you think they carry the antichrist spirit? or like 100%. Yeah, yeah. I think that they absolutely know that the, the things that they're doing are evil, and they don't care. I mean, for me, how do you get on, uh, what was that guy's name? Lolita Express. What was that guy's name? What was it? Um, he, d- he got killed in, he, well, they said he killed himself. Oh, uh, Epstein. Epstein. Yeah. How do you go and get on his plane and go to his island and honestly believe that what you're doing while you're on that island is not evil? You know it. You don't care. You have no soul whatsoever anymore. You are numb completely you are a soulless being for me how you don't know i mean i guess you can be so blind that evil no longer because i when i was in sin like i didn't really care anymore i knew i was going to hell but i couldn't i wouldn't have been able to pinpoint to you that's what's sending me to hell that's what's i mean maybe i don't know i mean my life was so messy that i probably just would have said it's a conglomerate of things right so maybe that's how they believe but they're they're evil to the core these people are evil to the core and i think that they are such power perverts that um that 
they know that all they care about is is being in charge and then telling everybody what they can and cannot do and they love it it's not about see everybody wants to say it's about saving the world it's not about saving the world it's about being powerful and being able to control people Mm -hmm. that's really what this is about it's not about global warming and them thinking that the world's going to like totally blow up if we like don't stop living a certain lifestyle if that were the case they would not be flying around in their jets they wouldn't be because they would be too scared it's just like covid you would have been they would have been too scared not to be wearing that mask but what did they do the only time they put the mask on is when uh, they were in front of a camera or the picture was going to be taken. So if they if they were in front of a camera that was televising them, because truthfully, if they thought they were going to die, it, and this is what I'm telling you, this is the power, the the um, controlling and being a, a, a power pervert is because when they would have their dinners, why aren't all of them wearing masks? But it's only the help wearing the masks. You're a power pervert. That's all there is to it. You're evil to the core. Um, and you want to control everyone. It's not good. People need to recognize, uh, you know, nobody is out for their, the, all this stuff that's going on right now. They need revelation. They need to understand end time prophecy. And they need to understand that nobody's looking out for their best interest. We are to be the restraining. And if we restrain, the word says, as long as we're here on this earth and we are restraining, then they can't accomplish the goal that they have. Um, and everybody needs to rise up and stand up. In Canada, there are quite a few people that are. You guys have some great um, people on your um, uh, parliament. Um, your conservative parliament, man, those guys are like good, but there ain't enough of them. And people need to really, there's not enough. It's the same thing as Republicans. There's not enough really strong conservative Republicans. A lot of them are rhinos, so... But let's go back to your question. Anyway, my question is, how can I talk to my grown children about being saved? They are so-called Catholic. And every time I try to speak to them about being born again and having a relationship with Jesus, they tell me to stop preaching. They don't want to hear anything. What is the best approach? Thank you so much. Keep up the great work with your podcast. Hope to meet you someday if I can ever make it to Florida. We would absolutely love to meet you. Um, And thank you so much for the compliment um, about watching the podcast. We love you for watching. Um, so appreciate it. It's, it's huge. I mean, you can have, I say this all the time, you can have a podcast all you want to, but if nobody's watching it, what's the point? I mean, there's no point. So you have to have people loving and supporting you. And I thank you for doing that big time. Um, John 644. Here's the thing. If you beat a dead horse there, I mean, you're going to just push everybody away from you. The word is very, very clear. John 6, 44 says, No one can come to, to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. You can talk until you're blue in the face, okay? But unless they're being drawn in, you're just pushing them away. Pray that they're drawn in through the Holy Spirit, that he just, the Holy Spirit will just be able to like, when I started coming back to God, I was hard. I was a hard person person i was full of anger and hate and animosity there was so much that the holy spirit needed to do to me um in order to even get me to the place where i would even listen to somebody 
talk about the Lord. I wanted nothing to do with it. I wanted to hear nothing about it. And if you were coming at me with that stuff, I was going the opposite direction as fast as I possibly could. And I was going to probably stay away from you as much as I, as I could as well. So um, what I would say to you is this. How, pray that the Holy Spirit just starts whittling away and softening that heart, getting rid of that hard shell. But also that the Holy Spirit or that Jesus would draw them in. And I would tell you, be the example. Close your mouth. Stop talking to them. It will be more profound by the example that you live versus the words that you say. People watch people. You know, talk is cheap. But if you live a godly life and you don't keep prodding and poking them, then your example will be something that they themselves want. And then I would say, pray someone in so that they will subliminally be able to work on them and make them want what they have. And then maybe that door will be open that, that the person will be able to talk to them and share their faith. And it's not that it's unlikely that you'll be the one to get them saved. I don't want to speak that over you, but a lot of times, especially with moms, how many of their kids listen to their moms after they get to a certain age? I mean, my kids are very, very good kids and they do listen, but they still have friends that they go to and they talk to them. And sometimes I'll say one thing and they'll be like, oh, okay. And then somebody else that they're good friends with will say it to them as well. And they'll be like, I'm doing that. Okay. So they listened, they listened to you, but they actually will receive and have a change of heart or will be propelled to do whatever you think that they should do um, by their friend. That my friend, my kids have older friends. And so there's wisdom in that. Pray somebody in to come alongside of them, speak wisdom into their life, show them the love of Jesus, be able to, when the time is right, to be able to speak truth into their lives and that they'll receive um, Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Otherwise, it could, you know, you doing it by yourself could take a really long time because uh, they're obviously turned off by you, you know, loving them so much you want them to be saved. They don't understand the heart in which, or the heart behind why you're telling them the things. They don't, they don't get it that it's eternity for you and that you understand that hell is real, heaven is real, and you want them to spend life in, in heaven with you for eternity. Um, when you're not saved, you don't really care. You care, that's why you're pushing them so hard. But they don't care, so you're pushing them away. And this is a great scripture. Now, I think everybody, especially if, a, if somebody has someone that is not saved in their lives, I think they should write this scripture down. I think that they should stand on this scripture. And um, they need to put it into action. Okay, first Peter three one says, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. Now you can say, well, this is my kids. This isn't my husband. And I'm not saying you need to be submissive to your kids. What I am saying is take that scripture and you, sorry, fly again, use it because it says, 
that even if some do not obey the word, meaning they're not saved, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. So yours would be instead of uh, your husband, you can say your children in in the place of the husband, that by your actions, your children's children will be won to the Lord. Um, and what happens is, is so many times we, again, we think words will win somebody. It's not words. My mother's calling. Okay. That one's a must. Sorry, Tracy stuck. Um, so words, words are good, um, but your actions, I just tell you, even though it says wives, be submissive to your husbands, even though this is a husband-wife thing, apply it to your friends, apply it to your children, apply it to relationships, because if you show your actions then or your conduct, your conduct will win them to the Lord. So apply that because I know it says husband and wives, but it doesn't just have to be this, be that. And I have 18 minutes and this topic is pretty intense that we're going to go into next. Everybody has an opinion on it. Everybody thinks their opinion is right, but I would tell you to keep an open mind about it to a certain extent because not everybody's right and everybody needs to well i will say this i would be ready and i'll say it like this do you think the rapture is pre-tribulation or post-tribulation my concern is for my daughter that's why i ask now listen the rest of this question it's a very long question and basically i'm going to paraphrase very quickly what this this was like a two-page question when i printed it out so the person that wrote this is a woman and the woman loves her daughter very, very much, but the, the daughter is not living for the Lord. And I'm only giving you the breakdown so that you understand that this is your question and then everybody else understands why you're asking it. So um, you, you're saying in, the, in your question, you say there is nothing that you will not do for your daughter to be saved. In so much if Christ returns, you you asked if he comes, will people know that he's come and that they've been left behind? Yeah, they'll know they've been left behind. I'm going to give you scripture. But the other thing is is your what you said is I will stay for my daughter so that she might be able to be one to the Lord through the process and then go to heaven. You really need to study out Revelation. And you need to get a good study Bible and study out Revelation. It took me, I just finished up um, a Revelation study with the women of this church at the end of last year. And it took me two and a half years to go through it. Right? Two and a half years? Yeah, it's the first Bible study I did when I came. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. came in 2020. Yep. August. We, did, so we started at COVID because people were freaking out. And Smart. they didn't know what was going on. So... It's not going to be fast and easy if you truly study it out. It'll probably be faster than what we did because we only met every other week. But I'm, but here's the thing. There are three belief systems, not just pre and not just uh, post. I grew up um, in all, all, every church I've ever gone to that I've attended, except, except for here because um, I'll explain that later. But um, 
every doctrine, like Assembly of God, Church of God, um, a lot of the non-denominational churches that I attended, all of them are pre-tribulation. It's in their doctrine. It's, it's, that's what we believe. They don't ever really um, give you the scriptures why you believe it, and they never teach you on it. And that's probably one of the reasons why you're asking, because if you go to a church, they probably don't talk about Revelation very much. Most people stay away from it. Pastor Rodney does not stay away from it from the river. He's pre-tribulation. Jonathan Shuttlesworth preaches on it. He's pre-tribulation. Uh, Tiff Shuttlesworth, pre-tribulation, got great teaching. Perry Stone, pre-tribulation. He's Church of God. So, um, Assemblies of God, all of them, pre-trib. Now, I grew up in all of those, and then some that were no names. They just, they didn't have a doctrine. So, there's pre, mid, and post. That's, that's what, there's three types of people out there that believe three different types of, of ways. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I grew up pre. I grew up in a home that was mid. Um, all the churches my parents took us to were pre-trib. It doesn't really matter. Um, uh, my husband is a mid-tribber. I tend to lean more mid-trib than pre-trib. But I will be honest with you, I'm ready for it all. I don't believe we'll be here for post-trib because the scriptures indicate that we won't. Um, I'm going to give you everything, okay? So... It says that Jesus only reach, uh, Jesus comes and takes us in the cl- uh, clouds one place, and then the next place is he comes in on a white horse at the end of Revelation. Okay, and when he does, no one comes to heaven with him like that. So, truthfully, your daughter needs to get her life right with God, so that when we meet him in the air, whether you're pre-trib or mid-trib, because both believe we meet him in the air. Okay. Um, there's no, like the left behind series is in my opinion, very dangerous because there's no place in scripture that says you, um, get taken, then you get another opportunity to get saved again. There's nothing in scripture. It says actually the opposite of that. It says that the people's hearts will go, will wax cold. They'll get worse. And we're just like Pharaoh as the plagues continued on um, in Exodus from when Egypt, you know, the Israelites were trying to exit, exit out of um, Egypt. Um, it says that as each plague got worse, Pharaoh only in words said he repented, but his heart was worse. It got colder and harsher and, you know, colder, colder, colder. And in fact, even meaner because some of the things that he did to the Israelites was worse than what was going on before, um, us, you know, different plagues. So all I'm telling you is the word does not say that people are going to be running to Jesus. They're going to be more angry over what's going on. So let's look at scripture. Now I'm going to read you. Matthew 24 is very clear. And I'm going to read you a bunch. So we got 12 minutes. I'm going to read this. I'm going to try and fly through it very quickly. But we're going to read all of this. It's super, super important. And you need to take your Bibles out and you need to read Matthew 24 when it's done. It says the signs of the times and the end of the age. And Jesus was talking to his disciples so that they would know 
what the signs of the times look like. It says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For the nation will rise against nation, the kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So when you see those things, that's not tribulation. That's what they call birthing pains or the beginning of sorrows. Okay, so when you see those things, and I think we are seeing them, we're seeing them mightily. When you see those things, know that that's the beginning of when tribulation will start ushering itself in. That doesn't mean that tribulation is actually happening. It's the beginning of sorrows. Now, like I was, when I was pregnant and I went into, and they also call it the birthing pains. When I was pregnant, I was in labor for 24 hours. Some people are in labor for 36. Some people are labor in labor for two. Okay, so what birthing pains or what beginning of SARS, however long, how, how long is that? A thousand years is like a day and a, and a year is like a thousand uh, and a day is like a thousand years. So how long is that? I don't know, but that's not up to us. It says not even Jesus knows when he'll return. He's not even been told the day or the hour. Okay, not even the angels in heaven. The only person that knows is God. So if somebody comes and tells you that it's going to happen at this time, well, that's funny because Jesus doesn't even know. You think out of everybody, since he's the one coming back, he be he would know. He doesn't even know. It says, then they will de- deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Um, now this is, he's telling the disciples this, okay? Um And then many will be offended, which are Christians. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because, that sounds like COVID. And because lawlessness, but it's not COVID. um, And because lawlessness will abound, which we're seeing right now. We're seeing the birthing pains of lawlessness. Look at and look at Antifa, look at people going and rioting in the streets, looking at look at people beating up if you're uh, if you're not the same race or the same color, they're beating the crap out of you for no reason whatsoever. Um, it's just it's just crazy what's going on. Lawlessness going into Targets and Walmarts and to CVSs and just ransacking them and taking out anything they want. That's lawlessness. New York City, after um, Trump won um, the presidency, they went in and they beat, uh, they broke windows and tore up the town. That's lawlessness. We're seeing this at an all-time high. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We're also seeing um, rape. We're seeing murder escalate at exponential amounts, percentages that we've never seen before. But he who endures to the end will be saved. So remember this. Jesus is saying this to a Christian. He's saying this to the disciples and he said to them, but he who endures will be saved. So that means that you can cannot endure and not be saved. Does that make sense? That means that if you're a believer and you do not endure to the end, your salvation 
You can, now, there's a lot of people that don't believe you can lose your salvation. That, that verse right there just shows you that you can lose your salvation. He was saying this to believers. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Now, here we go. The great tribulation is at number 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is in the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. That's a warning. But woe to those, which is basically be ready. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And the, and pray that your flight may not be in winter or in this, on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world. Until this time, no, nor ever shall be. Um, and unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Um, and then this part is called the coming of the Son of Man. And this is where, if you read Revelation, you would understand how Matthew 24 and Revelation correlate. So it talked about the beginning of sorrows. It talks about tribulation period. And now it talks about the Son of Man. Okay, all of it has been in a consecutive chronological order. Now some believe that that's Matthew 24. Um, Revelation's not chronological. Some things can be happening at the same time. It just depends. Whatever. Are you guys need me? Yes, they're wondering what version this is. And I don't know if you said it or not. Oh, this is New King James Version. Okay. Yep. Immediately after, so the son of uh, coming, the coming of the son of man. It says immediately after the tribulation of those days. So immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. That stuff is shown in there's the seals, the trumpets and the bowls. The seals and the trumpets are have talk about um, the stars falling from heaven and the power and, and, and what they just talked about. The stars um, will fall from heaven. The sign, the sign, then the sign of the son of man will appear in heaven. This is the rapture. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. Now, I want you to remember all of this. And I read all of what I read to you specifically chronologically. Okay. So remember 30 through. I'm not going to read all the rest of this. I have to read part of it though. 30 through 31. 
Um, And he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now, if you go into the parable of fig tree, it talks about the fig tree. But if you go down to um, 40, let's go to 38. It says, for as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also all the coming of the son of man be. Then two men will be in the field and one and one will be taken and the other left. So they'll know one person, if somebody's working in a field, and I'm just paraphrasing, if somebody's working in a field and all of a sudden the guy next to him is gone, he's going to know the next guy's gone. If you're working in an office and you have a desk mate and you're still there and the desk mate's gone, okay, you're going to know. It's like being transcended, right? You're going to know that somebody's gone. You're going to be like, what the heck? Two men will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what at what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Now, I'm going to give you pre-trib scriptures. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I... I um I am one hundred percent would love pre-trib to it to be pre-trib and everybody that I know and love they are all pre-tribbers I love and respect them and I listen to them and their teachings and um I'm not a person that just shuts people down I mean I've listened to good teaching I've listened to Pastor Jonathan preach on this he's got good stuff on it um but I'm a person that believes in always being ready for whatever. If pre-trib, mid-trib, I'm not a post-tribber. I don't believe it because of some scriptures I'm going to read to you. But I believe that you should be ready for whatever. And um, and then when I read it to you, you'll sit there. Because I've listened to all three teachings by phenomenal theologians that that give you the reasons why. And you sit there and go, man. And they have scriptures. And you sit there and go, man. Okay, I'm, I'm pre-trib. Then you listen to a mid-tribber and you go, oh, man. maybe I'm mid-trib and then you go to a post and you go oh I'm post now I'm not post I used to be thinking I could be all three but after major dissection there ain't no way it's not possible let's look at pre-trib scriptures okay and they're good Revelation 3.10 says, Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth so that Pre-trib people believe, and that's Revelations 3.10, which happens before the first seal is ever opened, which the first seal is the beginning of tribulation, right? So that's right there, right? First Thessalonians 1.10 says, And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Okay, First Thessalonians is not... You would say, well, that's not in Revelation, but it coincides with what is said in Revelation. Romans 5, 9 says, much more than having now been justified by his blood, he shall be saved from the wrath through him. Okay, the bowls are pretty bad. That's the wrath of God. The bowls are, some people say, well, so is the seals and the trumpets. They don't look anything like the bowls. 
in my opinion. Revelation 4, 1 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me. Remember how it says in Matthew 24 about a trumpet? Saying, Come up here, and I will show you, uh, show you things which must take place after this. Now, um, pre-trib, um, and it depends on who you listen to, and I've listened to a bunch, that when they talk about the trumpet, see, this Revelations 4.1, a lot of people believe that's when the rapture of the church happens because the church is talked about no more. And because uh, the voice from heaven says, come up here, that's where they believe that that signifies that the church will go up and the trumpet coincides with Matthew 24. So that's the biggest one that a lot of people use. I won't say that's the biggest one. It's one of the big ones. Yeah. Now, if you're mid-trib, now some of these scriptures I'm going to give to you, pre-trib believe is for them. But mid-tribbers believe this too. For, for what they believe is, validates their stand on tribulation and mid, mid-trib. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Matthew, our Revelation 14, clearly sounds like the scripture says, then the sign, which is, is Matthew um, 24, 30, says, then the sign of of the son of man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from all four winds from the end of heaven to the other. That's where big time mid tribbers believe that that scripture in Thessalonians clearly says right there in Matthew um, 24, but then Revelation 14 also says, then I looked and behold a white cloud and on the cloud sat one, and one is capitalized meaning Jesus, the son of man, having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, thrust in in your sickle, your is capitalized, meaning Jesus. Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. That's another big one that people say coincides with Matthew 24, which Revelation 14 is after the seals and the trumpet. It's part of tribulation. And it's right around the mark of the beast. I believe it's just after the mark of the beast. Revelation 1, 7 says, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 15, 51 through 52 says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. 
For the trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ will be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. What does the last trumpet, when does the last trumpet sound? Let's look at that. Revelation 11, 15. So, 11, Revelation 11, which is just before 14, right? Because that scripture says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So this is where they say Revelation eleven fifteen is the last trumpet. It says, then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Do you understand why people are so confused about pre, mid, and some post? Yes. I don't really think, listen, if you're a pre-tribber, stay pre-trib. I mean, who cares? But be ready for whatever comes your way. Don't get caught off guard because if things don't go exactly like you think, like I said, a lot of the pastors that I love and respect and have studied a lot are all pre-trib. But I will tell you that I have a lot of pastors that I love and I respect too. They're, they're mid-trippers. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd be, be ready. Yeah. Just be ready. Now, post-trib scriptures, Revelation 19, 11 through 14. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself, and he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on the white horses. Matthew twenty four thirty through 31 clearly states that Jesus will come in the clouds. So this is where Jesus is coming through, and it's the eastern gate. It's in Israel. Um, when he comes through... It will, it will, um, that's the final. So post-trib, I, I don't, it can't be post-trib because the son of man had to have come already. And it says he, he takes, he um, harvests the earth. So I go back to um, Matthew 25, 24, 30 says, then the son of man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Post-tribulation clearly says he's coming on a white horse, not in the clouds, has to be in the clouds for the rapture. So... My opinion, it's pre or mid-trib. Either one, I'm good with. Because I know that I'll be ready. And I know, just like COVID, nothing's touched me or harmed me through COVID. Whatever seal or trumpet comes my way, it's like Psalm 91. It'll come to my right, it'll come to my left, but by no means will it hurt me or harm me. That's the way it'll be. Nobody needs to, no matter what happens... Nobody needs to be worried or full of fear. I will tell you, though, this for your daughter. As far as you being able to stay here, it's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to stay here, help her through it, and get her to the other side. That's what now is for. And it's just like I was telling um, someone else that's um, 
you know, wanting to get their kids saved and won't listen to them. They're Catholic. I would tell you the same thing I tell them. And that is pray that they're drawn in. Pray that someone will come across their path, that the Holy Spirit will bring someone in their life that can speak truth to them, that they will receive it. Their hearts will be broken and they will receive him. Because truly, sometimes it's not us. Sometimes it's like my husband was blessed that he was able to win his dad to the Lord before he passed away from cancer. It doesn't always happen like that. Um, He's blessed that it did. But I've had other family members that got saved and they got saved through a friend. I mean, it wasn't anybody in the family that saved him. It was through a friend. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be you. What it has to be is that they get saved. That's really what it's all about. So what we're going to do today, instead of um, praying for salvation, we're going to pray for our friends and our family and our loved ones. I'm going to, we're going to pray that, that our fin- friends and family and loved ones, they come to know him and that uh, they will be with us when we're all taken to heaven, whether it be through death or rapture, right? Um, or martyred. We're martyred, but it's still death. So, um, but whatever the case may be, we're just going to pray for our friends and family and their loved ones and that um, that we, we want everyone to be saved, especially our kids, right? Our, our parents and things like that. So let's pray real quick together. Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now. And Lord, you know each and every single person's children, loved one, friend, family, whatever the case may be. Lord, you know each person you know what it'll take in order to them, for them to come to you. I speak no illness, sickness, or disease over any of these people so that they would come to know you. Lord, no one needs to have something negative happen to them. In order, And people pray all the time, no matter what it takes, Lord, no matter what you have to do, bring them to their knees so that they come to you. No, Father, we ask that, Lord, They come to know you in the best, most possible way. No sickness, illness, disease will come upon them so that they can can come to know you in a mighty way. Father, we ask that someone or something come across their path so that they would know you in a mighty way, that um, it would just be the most positive experience for them. And Father, wherever they are at in life, it just catapults them to go higher. We know that All things work together for your good. So Lord, we know that even though things are not the way that they're supposed to be with our friends, family, and loved ones, we know that you're going to turn it around and work it for our good as well as their good. It says that the righteous, um, that you honor the righteous prayer. And Father, we who are praying, we are your righteousness. And we know that if we ask anything in your name, you will do it. Father, we just command it. We demand it because your word is true that we can do this. We command it and we demand it. And we ask that you would put it into action. And we would see the results of this ASAP. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very, very sorry that this is the most awkward, the most weird Ola podcast ever. But I can tell you that the fly is gone. And that's really all that matters. Amen. Praise the Lord. See you on Friday. Bye. Real talk.